we're the team to beat. We worked way too hard. We practice way too hard. You should see how we practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we practice how we play. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that Mazer's thing? Like, every, it's always fourth down. Mazer is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this. I hope you get that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Please use that. Will do. Mazer is crazy. I love him. I'll tell you this. I have never been around or seen a coaching staff this knowledgeable and prepared and dedicated and putting the work in 24-7. Never seen it. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like it with Mazer and Troxler and Kale. And I don't leave anybody out. But that whole staff, day after games, during games, I mean, like, my huddle just goes all bling, 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 bling. You're, you're getting this playlist. You're getting this watch. You're getting this. They're, it's incredible. It's, I mean, these guys are just, it's crazy. Man, it's crazy. That's awesome. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the Week 13 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Pfeiffer here with Cody DeVault. How are you doing, man? Good, Hank. How are you? I'm doing great. And with us tonight is a very special guest, running backs coach, Coach David Morgan. How are you doing? What's up, brother? Glad to be here, man. Glad to have you. Heard um, so much about the Black Swarm. <laughs> yeah, man. Happy to have you. And uh, let's just get right on into it. Uh, first time guests, as we always ask all our first timers, let's... Uh, Get a little bit of a background on you. You're uh, from, uh, you know, historic Mass and rival Warren Harding. So. Do I have to tell you? Do I have to tell you? <laughs> yes, I am a Warren Harding. But you know what, though? I'm a Warren G. Harding Panther. Okay. I don't know if you remember okay. that. You were there before the switch, then. So, yeah. So, okay. in 90 was the consolidation, and they won the state championship that year. Okay. But prior to that, you know, you had Warren Western Reserve, mm-hmm. and then you had Warren G. Harding Panthers. But check this out. This is what they did. So in 90, when they consolidated, they closed Warren Western Reserve. They were the Warren Western Reserve Raiders, and they were black and gold, black and yellow. Mm-hmm. Warren, Warren G. Harding was red and black like McKinley. Yeah. So think about this. This is like if Maslin, if McKinley closed, and they said, okay, we got to send the McKinley kids to Maslin but we'll let them bring their colors and their mascot to Maslin, and now you are the Maslin Bulldogs. Ugh, that doesn't and, sound good. And you're red and black. Yeah. That's what happened to Warren Harding. We <laughs> lost our colors, or they lost their colors, <laughs> <laughs> and the mascot. So that's the story. You guys kind of got the roll into the deal, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did, that's yeah, right. They, yes, they yes. did. I keep saying we. No, I don't keep saying. That's probably one of the first times in a long time because it's been four years since I've been here, and I've, I mean, Maslin is my family. I mean, this is where I love to be. This is where I want to be, and so it's just weird. I've <laughs> never said that. <laughs> well, hey, we're happy to have you. Part oh, yeah. Of, you know, part of the Tiger family, That's and right. um, did you play football, Warren? You know, this is the fun, this is the whole irony of all of this. I did play until my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I played all three sports like most kids do. You know, in, in towns like Warren, Maslin, Canton, Youngstown, I played all three sports all through. I was a running back, but um, my sophomore year, 
my baseball and basketball coach, they were like, because I was a skinny guy. And they said, look, if you're trying to play baseball or basketball, because I started in basketball, I, I was a three-year starter in baseball, played second base. They were like, if you're trying to play in college, you should quit football. And I was like, ah, I played it. And so I, I, so I quit my sophomore year and um, just concentrated on basketball and baseball. Gotcha. So from Warren, what um – I mean, you can go on as many tangents as you want, you know, talk about going as in-depth as you want. But so what brought you from Warren to Massillon? I'll, I'll try to reel it in. I was a sports writer for years. That was my, you know, my major was English, but my minor was journalism. So I got into sports writing. So traveled everywhere, worked in Raleigh, covered the ACC. Like I covered, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um. That was a summer. That was a summer job out of school, and it was great. It was a great experience. I mean, being in Durham, Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I covered. It was weird. I covered the um, the Durham Bulls, and I don't know if you've ever seen Bull Durham, mm-hmm. the movie Bull yeah. Durham. Yeah. And I remember when they said we're going to send you out to cover because I loved baseball and I was covering minor league baseball, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to send you out to cover the Durham Bulls," and I was like, "All right, that's cool." And I, I guess I wasn't excited enough. So they said, hey, have you ever seen Bull Durham? I said, no. They said, okay, look, don't go cover the game. Go rent Bull Durham. <laughs> and so I rented it. I was like, damn, this is pretty nice, and this is here. The next day, I go to the Durham Athletic Park, and I'm like, holy shit. This is the stadium I just watched. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I'm down with this. But but so, you know, I was a sports writer, but um, after so many years of being a sports writer, and writing books. I started going into schools. My friends were teachers. They'd say, hey, why don't you come and talk to our kids about writing? So I started doing that, going into schools. And I loved it. I loved teaching kids you know, about the importance of writing. And I was always an athlete. And I always loved sports. So I decided to get a teaching license. So I went back to school and got a teaching license. And once I got my teaching license, there were so many schools everywhere that wanted to hire me. So I, you know, I said, you know, when I applied, I went to this job fair at John S. Knight mm-hmm. Center in Akron. And there were like schools from all Lakewood, Shaker Heights, everywhere. And I said, whatever school hires me first, that's where I'm going. And Maslin was the first school that hired or offered, offered a job. Mm-hmm. Now I had other job offers, but Maslin was the first. And it was kind of, it was kind of like, cool because i knew about masson and obviously you know played against them and masson's like the hometown i came from so i was like you know this would be cool as hell first year i was like i fell in love with it awesome love it so i coached other sports i covered for the first two years i covered baseball i mean i coached baseball with spike ridgely and then i coached basketball with kale last year freshman and it's the story is crazy how Nate Coach Moore called me and asked me to be the running backs coach and I accepted, but there's so much involved with that um, that I could tell you about if you're interested. I mean, if you <laughs> yeah, want to get into it, weird. let's hear yeah. it. So what happened was it was weird. So my wife and I, you know, it's July, late July. I'm taking my wife to work because you know as a teacher you're you're home. So mm-hmm. I take she works at Akron Children's. I'm like, so. I look at my phone and it says Coach Moore. I was like, shit, did I butt dial him? <laughs> so I picked it up and I said, Coach Moore, sorry I butt dialed you. He said, no, I called you. I was like, oh, what's up? He said, listen, 
what do you think about coaching running backs? I was like, um, no. (laughs) 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 Probably not. No, I didn't say that. But I was like, Coach Moore, I haven't played football in years. He said, well, we really need you. You know, our guy Eric Copeland left. He went to John Carroll. You know, you've coached here. The kids know you. They love you. You've had some of the kids. I said, all right, Coach Moore, let me think about it. Let me talk to my wife. And my wife was like, hell no. (laughs) She didn't say that. She's like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) My wife's Caucasian. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on. (laughs) Moving on. So so, uh, (laughs) you okay over there, big boy? Good to go. So, so what happened was um, I got really upset because I'm like, this this was probably a great experience. And then, so I told Coach Moore, I can't do it. He said, I totally understand, you know. And so the next day, it was weird. My wife called Becca or something, I don't know, and said, hey, could you have Coach Moore call David back? She said, I might have been too selfish. I think this is a great opportunity for him. He should do it. So... Coach Moore, you know, called me back, or I think I called him, and I said, hey, my wife said I could do it, so let's do it. But I was like, man, I'm starting at zero. So I met with Mazer. I met with Troxler. They gave me the the, the uh, playbook that looked like, um, I don't know, it looked like Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> like There were about 1,000 pages. And we had already played, I think we already played a scrimmage. I think we had already had our first scrimmage. Mm -hmm. So I was behind the eight ball. So, you know, I came in and um, they were great. The whole staff. I mean, they knew me. Most of the staff works at the school. You know, JP's got a store. I knew JP. Coach Stone works at, um, Coach Stone works at um, Drag. So, not, yeah, Drag. So, anyways. It just it was it was somewhat seamless. It was just man, I never realized how much work they put in. Mm-hmm. It's it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's one thing we hear from you know everybody we bring on. It's nothing but praise for all the staff, like all the individual coaches, like how knowledgeable they are, how much work they put in, and it's just it's still awesome to hear you know un, just from everybody yeah. that how much this staff really cares about the program and all yeah. of that. You know what I love about it is I'm a sponge. I try to pick up anything and everything and I'll just listen to Mazer and Troxler, you know, especially the offensive guys. I'll just listen to them talk about football. And it's just it blows me away how much they know and how much they give to the, to our players. That's why that's why we're so good every year. That's it's those our coaching staff prepares those kids. Obviously, we're talented, but when you give a ta- when you give a talented kid knowledge, when you give them like not just you know hey, I mean football knowledge that most staffs don't give their players, then you're talking about a whole different level. Yeah, that actually makes me think of um, when uh, we heard a few weeks, I think about halfway through the season, 
when uh, Terrence Keys got here. Yeah. You know, he came from St. Vincent. You know, they got a good program and all. Right. But it was like when he when he was there, it was almost like, okay, here's the ball. Go make a play, kid. And then here, it's like, okay, this is on this play. You're reading this to this to this. And on this play, you're reading this to that to this. Uh, can you kind of explain what that's like, you know, teaching a kid that, like, you know, we've seen exceptionally gifted athlete. But, like, what's it like to teach him to be a football player? That's a great call because, you know what, we we had talked about that. Um, you know, we talked earlier. Terrence is in my class. I don't have him, but um, he comes in my class during journalism and eats lunch. So we talk a lot. And one of the things that we talked about before was the fact that I said, you know what, Terrence? I said, when you first got here, it just seemed like you just ran the ball. You just ran. It seemed like you didn't have a purpose. You just ran. But I said, over the course of the two, three, four, five weeks, now you're, you, you understand where you have to run and why you have to, why you have to run at a hole in this gap right where we tell you off, you know, off the, you know, off the. This, the, as Trox would say, the crack of the center, you know, the, 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 the ass right there. And and it's for a reason. And he even admitted, he said, yeah, when I first got here, I was just, you know, just trying to run and not be a running back. And you could tell after maybe the third or fourth week, the way he runs is completely different than it was when the season started. And I think that's when you started to see him, you know – those games of a you know 170 a 75 yard break you know because lots of times he would get the ball and just want to bounce outside mm-hmm. and try to use his speed where that's not where that's not what the play was called that's not where the blocking scheme is it's right it's right in that a gap and you have to stay there you got to discipline yourself to stay right there and he's learning that and that's why you see like against Perry. Um, and even Barberton, you know, he had a couple 75-yard runs where he got the ball f- and that hole was right there for that split second and he was gone. Instead of trying to bounce out and try to use his speed, that's not where the play- that's not where the blocking scheme was. It was right here. Week 10. His big run of the end zone. Yeah, right. 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 Yep, mm-hmm. right. right behind Cole. He's learned so much. And um, it was cool at, at, at uh, after the McKinley game, we were in the locker room and, you know, his – you know, he he had some a death in the family. I think his grandmother passed, mm-hmm. and he got emotional in, in the locker room. And he said, "You know, thank you all for letting me be part of this." And I think it was Coach Weber that stepped up after that and said, "You know what? We don't give a sh- you know what TK. You are part of this family. It's not it's not y'all. It's us. It's we." Because he was saying, y'all have, y'all are great, y'all. He was like, no, it's we. And he got emotional again. Mm -hmm. And that said a lot about uh, him and being welcome in. But I can tell you, this is a great story. I remember this last year, Zion. I had Zion as a sophomore. Zion always comes in my class. Last year, Zion came in all moping. I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? Man, um, I I heard this new transfer's coming from St. V. I said, and so what? You know, Coach Moore is going to try. Zion was feeling sorry for himself. Mm -hmm. This was last year. Terrence hadn't even stepped foot on on our campus, and Zion was already worried. I'm so proud of Zion because we said, Zion, look, nobody's going to kick you to the curb. 
And I wasn't even coaching. I said, nobody's kicking you to the curb. If this guy is as good as he is, it's going to make us better. And you know what? Terrence made Zion a better. Zion is better than he would have been if Terrence wasn't here. Because now Zion is heavier, but he was always fast. Mm -hmm. Now he's just harder to bring down because he Mm -hmm. still has that same speed and quickness. But he just put on a few more pounds and he plays a lot more fullback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's great catching the ball out in the flat. Mm -hmm. And when he's in the open field, he's hard to tackle because he gets his – He's quick, and if you notice, there's there's um, there's formations when we're down in the twenty or whatever where Zion gets the ball, yeah, and Zion's picking up seven, twelve, because he's so big, and you know, so Terrence did a lot for a lot of guys, and maybe sometimes he doesn't feel like no, I shouldn't say that. He he knows he's a part of the family, but you know, he still I think there's a part of him that feel, still feels like he's an outsider. Because he's from St. V, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not. I mean, and that's what's great about him. And it's good to see him every day, laughing and joking, and you know, everybody's taking him in. Yeah, you know, I mean, I get how you can feel like that sometimes. Being coming in for your senior year yeah. after you spent well, like three years over at St. V's, uh, but it's seeing how the kids are sideliners you know that's where i really get to see him the most yeah it's he really is he does seem like he's part of the family now. oh yeah yeah he has to be i mean i mean hell it's what week 13 mm-hmm. how the hell how how do you hell how do you come here and, and and be an imposter for 13 weeks yeah that doesn't happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's not happening and to the other point i think zion really it's we've had we've seen a lot of guys have like you know incredible game you know aiden that just speaks for him it you know it speaks for itself so does ballard so does wilson lamp t keys our whole defense all them but what zions did being that unselfish player going you know blocking a lot i think it was like before the fitch game he said i remember him saying at sideline you know oh you know i'm gonna spend this entire game blocking t keys is gonna have like a hundred some yards like five (laughs) touchdowns and that's gonna be it yeah, and you know that that speaks to the kind of character that Zion has. Yeah, yeah. You know what I tell Zion, and all the coaching staff does. Mm-hmm. But I have, you know, I love Zion because I had him as a sophomore, so I had him as a student. You know, and I told Zion, I said, Zion, do you understand, like, how important you have been to this team? You've been like. You have no idea how important you have been because of your attitude. He's probably one of the most upbeat guys during practices. I mean, you know, Coach Moore plays music. Zion's always dancing, coming up, coming up in, like he'll run a rep and then come right up underneath Nate's face and start popping and dancing, you know. <laughs> and you almost want to, Nate, you know, it's almost like it looks like he's like, would you move? But Zion is such a friendly guy. You can't. And then he's always like, Coach, let me go in. You know, um, if we're doing scout team and we need a, a H or something, let me go in. Let me go in. He's always wanting to be in. Mm-hmm. And I told Zion last year, I said, Zion, man, you're going to be more valuable than you ever know. And he is. I mean, he's just a great kid. I mean, it's great to have guys like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's. I think we uh, spoke before. I can't remember what episode, but we spoke at length before about ha- what 
how important it is, like on offense, to have that kind of Swiss Army knife of a player. Mm-hmm. A dude that can block, a dude that can run, right, a dude that right. can go out for the pass. And it's even more important, honestly, to have a guy that's willing to do that, yeah. that's willing to go out and block and just one of those high-character guys in the locker room. Yeah, you, you know what? That says a lot about – I mean, you get to see these guys transfer from, like, immature football players, just like, I'm a football player, to, you know, it's more than just about me now. Mm-hmm. It's about the program. And it's about, okay, what can I do so that we can win a state championship that's never happened since the playoff system? And, you know, and I even told the kids today in study table, I said, you know what, guys? You guys are this close. Don't go the next three weeks and always wonder, could I have taken another rep? Could I have made that block on third and six? Could I have made that tackle on third and eight? And so it's good to see how they kind of slowly understand and become more, um, more res- not responsible, but mature about where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Because I told them, you know, not looking ahead, but if we could, if this could happen, it's going to change their lives forever. Forever. Yeah. That, um, I was going to save this for if we had a week 15 episode. but When we have a week 15 episode? I, we don't jinx things here, Cody. It's always when. Right. And we got we to gotta win Friday. Yeah. But I go back to uh, the sideliner speech that Coach Moore gave before week 15 last year. You know, it's he talked about some people think or believe that when you die, you die twice. That the first time is when your physical body dies. You know, when your heart stops beating, you stop breathing, all that. The second time is when the last person that remembers you, your name, your legacy, mm. when they die. Wow. That's when you finally die. Damn, that's deep. And the last thing he said, you know, before week 15 last year, obviously it didn't happen, but he said, let's go out there and live forever. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Mm-hmm. So, and I love those kind of inspirational quotes. That's deep. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're not trying to uh, – no way in hell we're trying to, uh, to, to look ahead. But at the same time, we just – you know, it's important to know what's right there in front of us. You know, and you know that starts Friday. It's it, it's it's something that for me personally, I would have never thought in a million years I would be sitting right here at your house <laughs> doing a podcast, ready preparing for Hoban. I'd have never thought that in, in 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 a million years. You know what I mean? But I get to ride this with those kids and that staff. And so um, it's kind of fun because me as a journalist and a teacher, I started thinking about a book from day one. Didn't know how this was going to play out. Mm -hmm. But however it plays out, I want people to know what this was like. Mm -hmm. You're damn skippy. I'm buying that book. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'm going to tell you. I mean, you think about it. You know, you know. I wrote a book about. You know, I covered LeBron. You know, from sixth grade until he he got. You know, wrote a book with him, and because of that access, you know, mm-hmm. I was given access, 
here I'm giving access that most people only can hear or see every once in a while, but I get to live it every day. It's crazy. It's crazy being, you know, being in team meetings and being in the locker room. You're, you're probably in the locker room seeing adjustments made at halftime that nobody sees. Everybody's going to get hot dogs and pizza oven, but they don't see exactly what Mazer and Stone and Hack, what we're doing to go out there and put together a 12-play or two-play drive once we get out. Oh, I wish I was in that locker room. That'd be awesome <laughs> to see. I mean, I can, you know. It's cr- it's crazy. It's it's surreal. Mm-hmm. It's surreal. Uh, real quick, just why not plug your... So you said you wrote a few books, right? Yeah. Let's plug them. What are they? All right, the first one is LeBron James, The Rise of a Star. Okay. And it's it was a... Still sells. That mm-hmm. was in 2003, LeBron's rookie year. And it still sells. Matter of fact... It was picked by the American Library Association as one of the top picks um, for reluctant readers. That's from 16 to 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote a book with Coach Tressel called More Than a Coach, What It Means to Play for Jim Tressel. And it was all about, and I brought it with me. It's in my bag. Oh, it was based on the winner's manual that Coach Tressel gave to players at YSU and that he used at Ohio State. And it's it's a... I I have to show it to you. It's in my bag, but it's a, before you before he did it at YSU because I was when I was at YSU, all my roommates were football players. Mm-hmm. So he he put together a book, and um, if if my bag is here, I'll try to find it. But it, he, it's like a book, and he gives it out to all the players like a playbook. And there's different kind of quotes, and there's different sections. But in the back, it's called Fundamentals for Winners, and there's 19 of them. And it's and it, it's attitude, caring, class, discipline, faith, focus, gratitude, humility, all of these. And Coach Trussell always said, if you can incorporate any of those in your life every day, then winning will be a byproduct. So like if, you're, if you cared about him and you loved him and you were humble and you had gratitude, then it didn't matter how talented you were, we were going to win. And so he took that winner's manual and took it to Ohio State. And so before every practice, like in the fall, and and I have Maurice Claret's, and you should see some of the stuff that's in there because you had to keep a diary. And it was the the winner's manual I got from him, from Coach Trestle. He gave me Maurice's. And it was the year they they had come off the national championship. And if you remember, in January, he got um, – he was investigated mm-hmm. for filing a police false police report for theft. Somebody yeah. stole some stuff out of his car. Mm-hmm. So that that f- next year, he was like, it wasn't sure if he was going to make the team or not. I mean, stay on the team if he was going to be suspended. So in the back of his winner's manual, he had to keep a diary. And you could kind of follow along where things started to fall apart for Maurice. Like it would say, gratitude, Ohio State shows me none. Um, all of this stuff. And then the last entry before he left the team was fuck the world. Wow. Yeah. But the winner's manual, the winner's manual is something that Coach Tressel still lives by. And that's all of his players. So what I ended up doing is I interviewed people from YSU 
who played for him at Ohio State, Craig Krenzel, um, um, Anthony Gonzalez, Kenny Peterson, Troy Smith, Tony, um, um, what's his name, A.J. Hawk, uh, Tony Dungy, all of them. And they told me stories about how Trestle impacted them and why they are where they are now. So that's another book that I wrote with him. <laughs> yeah. But we could talk about that. So those are your two books you have out right now? Um, well, I've written, I've written six. Oh. Yeah, but uh, oh. another one was um, LeBron James. It was called um, LeBron, Shaq, and the Quest for an NBA Championship. So it was about the Cavs, how they brought in Shaq to help him win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, another book I wrote is called um, High School Heroes. And it was a collection of all of the stories I wrote in the Beacon that won awards that were kind of inspirational. So there's a story in there about Antonio Hall from McKinley who mm-hmm. lost a, yep. his sister. And on his arm is a um, a heart. And it's about her. Um, just a, a lot of stories that were inspirational that won awards. And it was a collection. So that's yeah, kind of some of the stuff that I've done. So going back. So. When I first started this, I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't know what's going to happen, but this this could be a great book. Even better if we win our last game. Yeah. So do you still get, like, commission on books sold now? Royalties? Or? Yeah, royalties. That's, that's the <laughs> royalties? Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, the Christmas season's coming up. Go out there, buy your family, your friends, five copies of each book, wrap them all up, give them all out there, and let's get uh, Coach Morgan Nestle a paycheck here. I love it, right? I'll sign it for you, too. <laughs> oh, really? All right. <laughs> Even better. Um, so I guess before we really dive into the football stuff, one quick question I have for you. This is, You said you're just your fourth year now. Favorite masculine tradition? Okay, let me think about that for a second. Um, wow, that's that's. Oh, oh, let me think about that. Favorite masculine tradition. I would say, because really, I'm I'm kind of experiencing it right now on the fly. I would just say the pep rally and the tiger growls from the band. Because the kids love that. And I've never seen pep rallies like that before. And so it's just how involved the band is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with pep rallies. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. Um, I guess with that, we can uh, get into the football side of things a little yeah. more. Yeah. We're just coming off a nice little win here, again, uh, 35-7 against Maslin Perry. Um, what was that week like leading into it? You know, this is playoffs and all, but Perry, we've wanted to play them for years. Wakefield won't sign the contract. <laughs> however you want to spin it, whatever. That's, you know, that's how it is. But what was it that week like leading into it, especially with the kind of wonky offense they run? You know, not not quite the wing T. Coach Moore's definitely griped enough about that. That's right. not the wing T, but yeah. the stuff they run and just the opponent themselves. Yeah, okay. Well, Well, first off, when you look at the schedule, the one thing that always not surprised me, but the one thing that's I'm proud of is we prepare for every opponent the same way, like the same way. That's one great thing about Coach Moore. 
doesn't deviate from anything. It's it's we prepare the same way. The way the music comes in, the way we have music pumping. Perry wasn't any different. The only difference was this was this was one of the things, and and we talked about before. We talked about McConnell, our co-defensive coordinator, him and, and Lino. It was hard for our scout team to simulate the wing tee. Mm-hmm. That's that was the hardest part because I mean you've you've got kids that don't know how to run it. You've got you've got kids motioning and don't know exactly where to go. So that was the hardest part. So there were you know you could see where the defensive guys would get a little bit frustrated because our defense was having trouble with our scout team because the scout team was having trouble trying to run the wing T. So that was the that was the biggest problem. Um, as far as us and it, and and it being Perry, some of the kids. What what surprised me is, from an outsider, I thought that we had never played Perry or we hadn't played Perry in twenty years or, you know, it it been fifteen years. But in reality, we we had played them in two twenty fifteen or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't think it was as it was more of a like a you know high intensity practice because we're playing Perry as much as it was. Hey, we get to play. Perry in the playoffs and because you know we we've got some kids who might have went there or or may live there mm-hmm. so it wasn't for me now this is just me speaking I didn't see it as much as of a, a you know like like a brown Steelers it was just like we, now we now we get to play them and it means something so so let's kick some ass and Kick some ass, we did. Yeah. Um. So, are you on the sideline? Or are you up in the? Booth I'm in the too? box. So okay. up in the box, it's me and Coach Stone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Coach Stone. Yeah. Okay, and then it's Lino and McConnell. Mm-hmm. So during game day, what I do is I chart the play. So on our offensive possessions, you know, Stone will be here. So I'll you know, and you know, I've got the headset on. So you know, I'll mark down. You know. Yardage first, and that you know where we at, where we're at, um, formations, and then what play we run, mm-hmm. and then whether it's a runner pass, who caught it or ran it, and how many yards, and I'm just charting that all the way through. Gotcha. So, what was it the mood like? You know, as far as the coaches go, or just kind of general vibe game day. Game uh, day. Game day. Um, we were ready when we were on the bus. It was it was it was it was cool because I tell you what, Officer Caleb Ogletree got us over there. It looked like it was something from a movie, like Speed. Like <laughs> he would get up to a damn intersection, turn on those lights, whoop whoop whoop. Our buses would go right through, and then he would fly back up in between lanes like he was like Arnold Schwarzenegger just coming in and out, and and then catch up to us, and then get to. It was amazing how we got there. Um, once we got there, our guys were all business. Mm-hmm. It was like I said, we pre- prepare the same way. The coaches were hyped, but it's different because once we go on the field, JP is the instigator like jp is already ready to see who if there's anybody you know Mm -hmm. but our kids were like composed until perry came out Mm -hmm. and seemed to have this air and then our guys were like oh oh this is what y'all want 
and then it just started to get really then you could just start seeing it then it's then 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 the vibe started getting really really but we were always ready i mean that's a, like i say we prepare every week the same way yeah so nothing you know it it, it wasn't any diff, different even the mckinley week mm-hmm. i mean outside of practice sure guys are all but but Coach Moore, I mean, it wasn't like we were. It was quiet, and everybody was all on pins and needles. It was like, it was like business as usual. We've got thirty-eight periods. The clock is there. When that period's over, we go to the next thing that we have to do. So nothing's nothing ever changes. So I listened to the game. I had to listen to the first half, and then of the Perry, Perry you mean? yes, of okay. the Perry game, and then watch okay. on the radio, and mm-hmm. then watch the second half on my phone. When I heard that we were getting the ball to start, I thought we'd won the coin toss, we're taking it, whatever. I find out later that Perry won and they deferred, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that is the antithesis of what a wing T wants to do. It just surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. But then we come out, you know, we we go on this long, methodical drive, marching down the field, all, took up like, you know, half the clock of the first quarter, almost kind of taking a page out of the wing T's playbook, um, stuffing for a three and out. Go down, score again. Another three and out, score again. It's twenty-one nothing. Perry's done. Squat on offense or defense or really special teams. Mm-hmm. What was the mood like then? Um, the mood was this, and I could hear it in the headset. The mood was Perry just needed one drive to get back in the game mm-hmm. because what they would do is. If they made a 21-7 with a long, methodical drive and was able to score again, you know, we get complacent or whatever, now it's a ball game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that Coach Moore and the coach staff was thinking. You know, they scored, but we can't let them think that they're in this game because once you do that with that wing tee – they can control the clock. They can control it, and then anything can happen. So um, our thinking was we need to score. We really wanted to – we wanted. To, we were hoping before halftime to score again and get a running clock because mm-hmm. then we figured then, you know, after that, you know, it was on them. The clock is running, Yeah. you know. But being up 21 nothing i i think this is just you know i can't speak for everybody i think we felt that with the with the type of weapons we had offensively especially you know with jaden and and andrew and and aiden obviously we just felt like we could throw the ball if and when we wanted to and you know what's great about that is too you know it's 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 so amazing to hear on a drive hear Mazer and Troxler see something and say, you know what, we saw that they they have this front or this or that. If we could make a couple adjustments, we could run this again three plays later and throw over top and score. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Exactly what happened. We saw that's like quarterback is kind of spilling. We so you, I could hear that. I could hear them talking about making certain adjustments. And in two plays, we're running that pass mm-hmm. route that they had already saw that could happen. Yeah. And it happens, and we score. 
It's like those adjustments like that are incredible. Yeah, that that's awesome to hear, and it's just one more reason, you know, that, like we said, we can't, I guess we just can't praise this staff enough, yeah. offense and defensive-wise. Um, I had one more question. I can't remember what it was. I will roll and talk and get you off your game if you let me. So don't let me. I mean, hey, you're it, this is your show now. You're more than welcome to talk all night long. No, you know what you know what the deal is. Oh yeah, I, we got you. We got you. We'll get you out of here soon enough. Happy wife, happy life. There you go. Happy wife, happy puppy, happy me. Yep. So instead of me flubbing, looking for the next question, I'm gonna kick this over to you, Cody. I'm sure you got stuff you want to ask, Coach, as well. Um, I guess a couple things first, really, you know, it's been talked about Maslin has been throughout the year, really, really balanced, you know, between the run and the pass on offense. I looked up some stats. I don't know how accurate they are to date. Friday night, Ohio had us roughly, you know, 200 yards between the Russian pass. And after Perry, we saw, I think we had 300 passing yards in the first half. Yep. So that kind of, you know, elevated the stats. But anyways, the entire idea is take away the pass. You know, we have a dynamic receivers. We have a great quarterback, awesome offensive line. But how does that really open up, you know, the run game, get our running backs moving and kind of if we get that big lead like that, we can kind of salt the game away with the way we can run the football. Yeah, well, you know, I can't speak for Troxler and Mazer, but I could just tell you this. I I know because I chart the plays, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when we start out, it's, you know, it's obviously it's scripted and Trox has a script. But we want to run because we know we could pass. We want to establish the run um, because we know we could pass. And it's funny, you know, when I script the plays, you know, for each each page, um, you know, I have to write run or play. And there are lots of times when at the bottom when we when I run out of room and I have to move to another sheet, it'll end up being like nine runs and ten pass. Mm-hmm. It's usually always balanced. It's usually always balanced, but if you looked at um, was the Perry game, I think it was. There were just some games where we were able to go long because we felt like they couldn't cover us, and it was there. It was always going to be there, and we didn't want to have to rely, not rely. We didn't. If we didn't have to pass, we we weren't going to pass. I mean, because we could run the ball. And that's that. That's what I was talking about. Those times when Mazer, you know, they make those adjustments, and you know, we'll keep running and keep running, or we'll bring in um, Zion, you know, in a different formation. But that's masculine football. They want to run. They want to use those guys like Cole and Rager and and you know, Kuth, John Kuth. They want to just smash mouth and run because we know we could pass the ball. Right. And then I guess one other question, kind of segueing off, you know, running the balls where you have the running back coach here. A lot of the games we haven't seen a ton of, you know, our first string guys in the second half. You know, the second team has gotten a lot of reps just by the way we've been playing and winning football games. But do you notice kind of in the second half, you know, we always talk about it's a fourth quarter team. Our line tries to wear guys down. But do you see the running backs like, you know, rotating between Zion and Keys? Raekwon runs the ball a little bit. But they still seem to be fresh in the third and fourth quarter, and they seem to be harder to bring down because we're wearing down the defense so much. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think that we do wear teams down. Um, there are times when you know I'm listening. You, you know, it's funny, Coach Moore. People may not know this, and I don't know if yeah, you know, he doesn't say a lot during the game in his headset, or at least 
I don't we don't hear him on the offensive end, but we will hear him toward the end of a half when he says, hey, let's take a knee or, hey, um, you know, we still got three timeouts. So if you guys want to use them, that's probably that that's all you hear from Coach Moore. So um, to go back to your question about the second half in our offensive line. I mean, there are times when we'll look at the other team's personnel, and if they still have their first team in and it's still a game, our first team will still stay right. in. But um, you're right. You know, guys like Raekwon, we, I tell Raekwon every day, you have to be ready. I mean, you you, you are still a part. Like, we're going to need you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get carries, but you have to be ready. So in the second half, there are games when, you know, you'll see 26 come out. You'll see Raekwon go out with, you know, part – partial offensive line first team offensive line but um i think i think sometimes that the score will dictate that and also the opposing team's personnel if guys still have i I forget what game it was i think it was the harding game maybe which one um the it was the second harding game i mean we blew them out Mm mm-hmm but there was a point where they still had their first team in. So I think we ran some first teamers out there because we kind of let them know, hey, our first team's not out there, and we're not trying to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> but but we know you want to score. But I think that was an instance where we may have kept some guys. But for the most part, if we're able to take some of those guys out and get other guys like Dylan Garrison or some other guys up on the line some some reps, then then we'll do that. Right. Um, especially with Raekwon, because we need to get him in there. I mean, because you know, there's, there's, you know, for the most part, we didn't have to worry about, you know, second half, and that's when Raekwon. Matter of fact, I remember this game. I remember it was the Firestone game, and it was another game. I said, "Hey, Raekwon, you are going to, you are going to run. You're going to play a lot in the second half. You got to be ready." And I think he ended up rushing for a hundred. I think he was our leading rusher, obviously, because we were blowing <laughs> them out. Yeah. But I think, but that's good for a guy like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know who, you know, gets reps in practice but not might not get a lot of reps in a game just because of the way the game is flowing and who we have for him to always be ready. Make sure you're ready. One thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, we talk about our passing attack and how, our, how well our line can protect. And, you know, the backs do a little bit of going out on a flare out or something like yeah. that. But a lot of times we're running some six-man protection where the backs have to stay in and pass protect. And I remember the Warren game the first time <laughs> where I know exactly where you're T. Going Keys basically turned his pass pro into a little Oklahoma drill, and he made that linebacker his child. Oh, yeah, yeah. How much pride do you guys take in like in the pass protection of, you know, of, uh, of your part of the game? Yeah, you know what? You know what it is? That's a good question. You, you know who... Two words, Preston Hodges. <laughs> Preston is a competitor. He competes. And when we're doing indies or we're doing individual drills, Preston and, and T. Keys, they kind of, they don't go at it, but they go at, they, they try to one-up each other. Mm-hmm. Who can hit the hardest? Who, who knocked somebody over? So when it comes to pass protection and there are, you know, formations where they have to hit they want to hit they want to hit and it's because they try to one-up each other all the time and they're physical backs 
you know, they're physical guys. I mean, really, when you think about it, you look at TK. I mean, if you've ever seen him, he's a physical dude. Mm-hmm. Grown-ass man. Grown-ass man. Yes. Like he works third shift at Timken, and, <laughs> you know, he's got a pension and shit. <laughs> he got stocks. <laughs> Oh, I mean, boy. like, seriously, he looks like a grown-ass man. Yeah. And so, they, you know, you know, they compete, and that's the great thing about him. And, you know, and Preston is the same way. You know, I wish you could see those guys in practice. They don't take plays off. They're always, oh, F you. That's why you got hit. Uh, oh, you, I, oh, I didn't even feel it. I mean, they go back and forth in a great, fun, competitive way. Yeah. You know. And so... I mean, I just think, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, when it's pass protection and they're able to hit somebody and they know that, you know, all their job is is to knock that guy coming in that hole on his ass, they're going to try. Yeah, and that that's awesome to hear. You know, that's like, that's one of those things. It's not going to make the highlight reel. Like, you yeah, know, it's not going to make the sports center top 10. Yeah. But that's what college coaches are looking at yeah. is how well can this guy, like how – multiple is this guy because that's right. what the game's kind of becoming nowadays is how well can you do a lot of things and i think especially with this pass happy as football's getting as of late being able to pass protect like that is going to make a running back a complete player and something you know someone that a lot of coaches are going to want to have in the future yeah you know who's underrated with that a lot i think is zion zion's underrated when it comes to block you know i mean maybe i shouldn't say underrated because some people might know mm-hmm. that he does that well but he enjoys doing that because he knows that's part of his job because he knows that he may not get a lot of touches. So he's got to help us out in so many other ways. So he's he's very physical. You know who else is physical that may not get a lot of run, but in practice he kills it is Michael Billman. He's number 96. Okay. Yeah. And you know, he's an H and you know, and you know he comes in and he, you know, he'll just line up and and get his ass in a hole and block somebody. <laughs> And, and he, you know, he, he's another kid. He doesn't maybe – he does well in practice, and he'll get some reps in, in a game. But but just going back to, 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 to Zion and those guys being physical, I mean, that's just part of what they want to do, and they know we need them to do that. My last question on this subject, and this is a real in-depth. Uh, I need everybody to follow along here. Is it Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer? Actually, you should be asking: Is it Zion or Zion? I don't, I don't know. Or is it Zion? You know, because some people would say Zion, and Troxler would be like Zion. But maybe that's because of Troxler's. <laughs> I, I think that's just Troxler's. Trox, you know, it's Southern. Yeah. You know, Zion. You know, and yeah. most of us are like Zion. It's Pfeiffer. I've, I've all you Pfeiffer. Know, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not the same pronunciation as my last name. Got it. Yeah. It's Pfeiffer. Yeah. Zion Pfeiffer. Yeah. I'm still gonna call each other brothers though. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. You know, people say me and um, Hack look alike. You know, he's yeah. like the white milk dud, and I'm <laughs> the 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 real milk dud. <laughs> yeah. I just it sidelines. You know, he walks up to me. Hey, what's going on, brother? Right. Goes, right. You know, Halfway, almost same last name. Uh, Just one letter away. That's never all. know. <laughs> all right. Ugh. All right. Moving along. Coming up to this week, Akron Hoban. You know, everybody knows what happened last year. Um, I guess before we kind of get into the mood, the attitude of the whole team, what can you tell us about them? You know, offense, defense. What, like, what do you know about them? Um, let me see here. 
Well, I know the head coach, Tim Terrell. Know him well because I covered I covered him at Ursuline and, and when he went to YSU. But they're physical, obviously. You know, they've got weapons and, and you know, they've got, you know, they're strong up front. They've got a good running game. I mean, they're well balanced. You know, they're well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel if we don't worry about any of that, and just you know, because I mean, look, Mayfield had him on the ropes. You know that you know that says something. I mean, not to take anything away from Hoban. I mean, that says something. They're not invincible, you know, and um, you know neither are we. But I don't have to scheme, you know, just from you know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't watch a lot of film on. I haven't watched a lot of film on them because that's Mazer and Trox's job. But I just know. The way we've been playing all year, our kids are confident that, you know, hey, if we just practice the way we did against McKinley, the way we did against Perry, um, that, you know, we'll be in the game. We'll be in the game, you know. So, you know, from their standpoint, you know, I don't know too much about what they're going to throw at us. I just know they're going to be physical. They're going to be confident. Um, They won it four years in a row. Yeah. You know, or at least they've won four, maybe not four in a row. But we just got to do our thing. I mean, we just got to practice the same way we practice, which we've had all year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's all we got to do. We just got to do our thing. Yeah. Um, I know just to give, you know, the audience a little bit of what they what they look like this year. Scheme-wise, they're about the same as they were last year, at least on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they're real run-heavy. They have, I would say, an above-average Fitch quarterback. Uh, with <laughs> yeah. A, with, a, with a solid Worcester-type left tackle. <laughs> maybe maybe a real hey. maybe a real good Glen Oak-looking type wide receiver. You just keep going. You, you got it. There oh, you go. We, we can go down the entire I, I mean, roster yeah, if we, we want can, to. Yeah, we can keep going, but... That's, you know, we know what they are. Um, defensively, I think that's what at least people that paid attention to the scheme-wise surprised a lot of people last year is they were a big cover one, cover three team, and they come out and play us predominantly two-man. You know, they played the they – they wanted to take away our pass last year, and I think they were really the only team that played specifically to do that. Yeah. Are we expecting that, or are we just kind of preparing for you know what they do versus what they did against us last year and anything in between? You know what? I honestly I can't answer that question because I don't I I don't watch film deep enough to know what 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 they're going to do defensively on us. I'm just you know watching some of the film and watching practices and make sure that we're going through what gap that the the guys you know our running backs need to need to do but you know just to talk about you know the, the pass and them taking wanting to take away our press i mean if you look at you know who we had last year our personnel from you know from the passing standpoint i mean our guys are better than last year more confident than last year faster you know i'm not saying that we can't be covered but i mean that's who we are. I mean, we've got guys that can just beat you off the line and be open. Mm-hmm. And we've got a quarterback who just drops dimes left and right. You know, so, I mean, I don't know how they're scheming. You know, I just know that, you know, you've got to be able to cover Andrew. You've got to be able to cover Jaden. You've got to be able to, 
get help. You've got to make sure that guys are helping you. And when they're helping you, we've got guys in the flats. We've got our short game with T, you know, T keys coming out of the backfield, Zion being able to, to catch out of the backfield and run with the ball. So, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I, you know, I don't know how they're scheming and I haven't seen them really all year. I haven't seen them, you know, cause we're, you know, we're, mm-hmm. I haven't seen them. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really seen much against much of them either, but they lost to, what was it? That 42, 41. Was it Euclid? No. Ignatius. Igna- yeah, yeah. 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 Granted, it was a five and five Vicky team, but yeah. their schedule was either like Canadian teams or a meat grinder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't just look at Iggy five and five and say, oh, they sucked. Hoban lost to Iggy. Yeah. Yeah. It's Hoban's a good team. Ignatius is a good team. It's this is going to be a game. On mm-hmm. Friday night, um, Cody looked like he had something. Yeah, kind of going into it. I know they talk a lot. Um, you know, two of their like more highly touted recruits. You know, Trainum obviously being number one, but they have two really really good linebackers from what they say too. I think one's Michigan and one's Michigan State. So we talk about you know last year they really want to take the pass away. I'm curious with the strength they have at linebacker, how much they want to focus on our run using their best players to their advantage. I'm curious. You know what? I I couldn't even answer that right. question. You need to get yeah yeah I couldn't answer that question I have no idea it was more just something popped in my head I'm just no I know just thinking out loud I'm just curious as to how this is going to play out I'm I'm excited to see it I think that's what struck me last year too it was hey we're going to play two man we're going to take away your pass game we're going to let our linebackers play their game and just keep your run at a slow bleed Mm -hmm. yeah that's what it looked like they did you know it's funny I, I you know I wasn't coaching I was at the game. I just thought if Zion could have busted that 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 opening, you know that that the first drive we mm-hmm. we got the ball. Yeah. If Zion could have scored, I think it could have been different. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, like Zion had a he he had a it was a first drive, it was maybe the second or third play of the game, and Zion crosses midfield, he got caught, mm-hmm. and then I think we ended up um going for it on fourth down, and Dean Clark missed. He he dropped a pass. Yeah. That could have extended it, and we could. I just thought that was just my opinion. I thought if we score, it changed a little bit of the dynamic of the game. But we didn't score, and they stopped us. And then it just—I don't know. I'm it, just going off. It of was it. if we score on that first drive, because I know they were over there when we're marching down that field. They're over there on that sideline, shitting themselves because yeah, yeah. they never had anything close like that happen to them in the last four years. Right, and they never expected with Jameer being out. I don't think they just expected that Zion would run the way he did. Mm-hmm. You right. know, so I thought if we could have scored, could have just changed. I mean, you never know what would happened, but I thought maybe things could have been. They, maybe they they look at things a little bit differently. It was. I think that was showing the first chink in the armor for them. Yeah. And they didn't know how to handle it. They faced a little bit of adversity, and they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So I think, you know, we come out Friday night, and if we can do anything close to that same thing again, again, I still don't. I don't think they can handle it. Yeah, you know, I don't want any, you know, I'm trying not to, you know, put any bulletin board material out there. (laughs) You know, that's the last thing. I just know, like like I said earlier, the way I, I mean I've never seen a team practice the way we practice in such a um, it's 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 intense, but it's very consistent. But it's not an intense where uh, intensity where 
um, you're afraid to make a mistake or there's a lot of yelling and screaming. I mean, obviously there's the, hey, you need to be here. But for the most part, it's okay. We've got our periods that we need to get all of this stuff done. Once that period is over, whether we had good reps or not, we need to move to the next part of our practice. And they're run like that. They're run like that. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Four minutes up, boom, boom, boom. So that's how we've practiced all year. Nothing has really changed. I guess kind of my last question, putting a bow on the Hoban conversation, is did you go to the Winton Woods game last year or watch film on that at all? No, I didn't. I, I know. Wait. Oh, I was at the game. This, okay. If we could have scored another touchdown and made it 28 nothing, I think mm. it was – what? Oh no, that no, was the year before. Years that was, year. Yeah, that was yeah. the year before. Yeah. No, I did not. I didn't see last okay. year's game. It it struck me as that the team came out a little too high and a little too on edge. And you know, it was we were making mistakes, dropping balls, just little things that I wasn't used to seeing that team, you know, things happen to them. And I think once we settled down, got comfortable, then we just rolled. And we all saw what happened and we just, you know, kick them right off the field. How have you ever been in a situation like that? Maybe not not football-wise, but it just you've been around sports all your life. A situation like that where you come out like uh, just so high, so on edge that you can't seem to get it right? Um, and how do you combat that? Been, been, I've been that high. Um, I could I, I my senior year we played Warren Western Reserve so that's our rival and hate reserve and um you know I was started I was a two guard and we jumped out to a 10 nothing lead right and then reserve calls a timeout and then we were so high and so jacked up and we ended up losing by like I think eight points or whatever but the point is you can't be so high you can be so high that that first few minutes of a game or that first eight minutes of a game because you're so high you're not focused on just being you and 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 doing what you've always done that it can affect it it it, it can affect how you play how you how that first half is played and can dictate how that second half is going to play because you might have dug yourself in a hole i don't see us being that way because coach moore does a great job and the rest of the staff does a great job of being consistent in preparing us for every game so that nothing you know like i said before nothing changes so um if we're down will anything happen I, i'm not sure because i don't think so because against penn trafford or one of those so we were down seven nothing and they went on one of those 14 play drives to mm -hmm. open the game yeah and matter of fact we yep. traded touchdowns with them for most for mm -hmm. for at least going into the second quarter. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do is we don't deviate from we know what's going to work and you and the adjustments that Mazer and Trox makes they trust themselves enough to know okay let's see what we're doing wrong because if something's not working it's because we're not executing something because we know if we do it right and we execute it, it'll work. Yeah, just kind of a, to make a quick point on what you just said about making adjustments. In the Winton Woods game especially, it was like, it was a master class on watching like, okay, how are we going to run the ball against these guys? You know, it was 
going from our standard set to four wide to running to the tight end side to running away from the tight end side. And we finally set it on running kind of counter off the jet action. And it was just once we settled in and the coach is making adjustments on the fly, it was we all saw what happened and we made it, you know, we ended up rolling them. Yeah, yeah. You know what, though? That's a good point because you know what? you, you Just just like the players, you know, every year the coaches learn and the coaches um, – do things differently than they did the year before, and so if if we're in a situation, they're they're our our coaching staff is going to just make those continue to make those adjustments until we're able to get what we want or get what we're looking for. I mean, that's just how they've coached all year. Yeah. So I guess I I mean I don't have anything more to say on Hoban. Uh, only thing we can do is go out there to Infocision. Thank God we have a venue big enough for all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, on Friday night, you know, if you need a ticket to the game, I think they still have them online probably. Online, I, they're going to have 250 tomorrow morning at the high school ticket office on sale at 1030. Which is Thursday for anybody listening yes. after. Yeah. Um, if you want a bus ride to the game, if you don't want to deal with anything, contact Mike Brown of the Mass Tiger Booster Club or anybody else really involved in the Booster Club or go down to uh, Keller's Office Furniture. You can get a ticket for the bus to the game. That's 20 bucks. You meet at in Kmart's parking lot. You get bus to the front of the stadium. You get bus back to Kmart. Um, no food or drinks provided, but there's no food or drinks prohibited from you bringing. <laughs> there you go. There you so, go. <laughs> just, so you know what that means. Oh yeah, <laughs> get lit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, this is gonna be exciting, man. You oh, know, it, it's. You know, I told the kids at study table today, and I think I, we mentioned this before. I said, you know, you guys are so close. So close to doing something great that you'll remember for the rest of your lives. It's a three. It's 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 a it's a three game series. It's a three game season. It's just got to win this first one, and then win the next one, <laughs> and then win the next one. But it it's not gonna you know none of that matters if we don't do it yeah. Friday. This one, the next one. The next one. It's a one-game series. And you get to live forever. Right. Get me all jacked up. (laughs) All right. Kind of last last note before we move on to rapid-fire questions, as we do with all our new guests. Shout out, because we forgot to... I forgot to say this at the top of the podcast. You know, follow us on Twitter, at BlackStormPod, SoundCloud, Facebook iTunes, the Black Swarm Podcast, Black Swarm's all one word, and also shout out to our sponsor, Simon Says Productions, Coach J.P. Simon. (laughs) Just incredible shirts, and I'm going to kind of tangential sponsor, I guess, uh, Dan Studer. You know, he's got a wall in there for his shirts, too. A little pricier, but good quality. Just go in there. I will throw all of my money in there if given the opportunity. So... Shout out Simon Says, shout out Stu, shout out everybody. Go follow all their social media, all that stuff. And uh, beat Hoban. Beat Hoban. That's right. Let's do it. But before we let you go, Coach. All right. What do you got? We got a little bit of rapid fire question for you. All right. Let's do it. Cody's got it in front of him. I'll let him start. Who plays you in a movie about your life? 
Carlton. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. Has to wow, happen. that was that was rather quick too. I appreciate that. <laughs> All wow. right. Um, Go to pregame meal. Ooh. Um, I would probably say chicken tenders. Chicken. Ooh. All right. I like it. You win the lottery. What's the first thing you buy? Uh, one of those new Jeeps that has the tail, like the little um, tailgate. Truck bed? Yeah, the truck okay. bed. Man, those yeah. things are nice. Right. And then the rest goes to my wife. Do whatever. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> kind of on that in that same vein. What was your first car? First car was a Gremlin. Gremlin. Look it up. Okay. It was a tank. <laughs> it looked like a roller skate. And it was lime green. Lime. Lime green. It was a three speed on the floor. Oh. Okay. It was horrible. <laughs> How do you drink your coffee? Oh, lots of, it's almost hot chocolate. <laughs> so much sugar. And I had people at Starbucks see me pour coffee in or sugar in it and stop talking. <laughs> Got me with that one. Because they're like, wow. And I, they were talking and then they stopped. And I look and they're looking at me like, we're sorry, but you're using so much sugar. <laughs> All right. What's your best feature? Best feature? My teeth. Okay. I can see that. I had braces for five years. So you paid for those they, teeth, they so there better be, be a right, best feature. Right. All right. If you're stranded on a deserted island, which coach from the Masson coaching staff do you take with you? Wow. I love them all, <laughs> but I would take JP. JP? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, best chicken wings you've ever had? Best chicken wings. Probably your pizza shop. We've got a lot of those, actually, which is they good chicken. surprising to me. I mean. Yeah. yeah but but see, you know what? I, I, live, I live in Akron. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're around here, are they? Yeah, they are. Your pizza shop? Yeah. Yeah, there's one right out on like 32nd on Lincoln Way West. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got to check it out. You uh, know what I haven't had? Huh. Kraus. What? What? Never had it. Like, we got to fix that. Oh, my Lord. Never had it. Kale gets it all the time. Yes. He should do a commercial for them. We've been trying to get a sponsor. We had a whole 45-minute bit about East Side versus West Side Krauses, and they... We talk about that in the locker room after games yeah. because... Hackenbrack orders it every game. That's, that's East side, pick it up on the way chick, home. Heck yeah. Chicken like and drink. pizza, he orders it every game. So what's the pizza order? I can't remember. They already know it. They know his number. I think. What's your pizza order? Oh, my pizza order. Sure. Just wings. So, what's, so what? Just barbecue. No, pizza order. Oh, what's my pizza yeah, order? pizza order. Oh, oh, easy. Sausage, bacon, and extra cheese. Okay. Big protein guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to try the double crust pizza. That's the one Kale gets. Oh, it looks okay. so good. It's incredible. Yeah, the double crust. I've, and he said you got to get it burnt a little bit or something. Probably extra I've never well heard done. That yeah. one, huh? extra, extra well done. done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never heard mm. that one. I Mm-mm. need yeah. to try it. 
Who's the last person to ask a question? I think I was. Cody, you're up. Oh, boy. Um, Favorite no. book you've ever read? Oh, yeah. Journalism. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Oh, you know what? Probably. I like comedy. So it'd probably have to be. Um, you're going to laugh, but it's probably Bossy Pants by um, Tina Fey. Okay. Okay. I know the author, not the book. I love SNL. Gotcha. And I love Tina Fey. Like I love, I love SNL. Like Tracy Morgan. I read anything. Like I've read Tracy Morgan's book. Um, I mean, I love comedy. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, how about conspiracy? What's your favorite conspiracy theory? Oh man, JFK. Yeah. Easy. I watched that. It's coming up. Yeah. It's coming up. They'll have stuff on Annie or biography, and I'll watch it. Yes. All right. So was there it- was not one. No, Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill President John F. Kennedy. Love it. Hell no. <laughs> did not happen. Just on deck, ready to go. Yeah. This is this is a man that you get him in a bar on a good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. For sure. All so right. was there someone on the grassy knoll then? There. Mm-hmm. Yes, on the bridge behind that white picket fence. Oh, he's he's really going deep yeah, on me this, here. This man is verse. Okay, um, Jack Ruby. Uh huh. We need to talk about that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, so much. Yeah. Oh yeah, we talk about that. There's a series, The Men Who Killed Kennedy. Yeah, it's a seven part series on Annie. You got to check it out. The Men Who Killed Kennedy. The Men Who Killed Kennedy. All right. Bookmark that one yep. in the brain Bookmark there. Bookmark that one next yep. next to all of your books. Yes. Yeah, right. Buy your That's books, right. then right. watch that series. <laughs> Buy this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Got it. Cody, you're up. Yep. I'm. Uh, first thing people notice about you. I was going to use that one. Um. My smile. Okay. Going back to the teeth. All right. Yes. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably, um, oh, pizza. Pizza? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Big <laughs> yeah. carb guy then. I love just, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily carbs. It just everything is there. The whole meal is right there. Yeah. I, I guess if you, you change up the toppings enough, you could get a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I could theoretically see one living on a loose definition of pizza for the rest of their life. It's possible. Yeah. Convincing yourself on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just walking myself through it. it right. You can do it. Actually, no. Let me take that back. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburger. Oh, God, that's even that's hard. I mean, again, I can see it. But there was still. a minute, there was a minute um, where I was getting cheeseburgers every day from from um, TD, to, what is it, T- tailgate, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just getting cheeseburgers every day. Damn. Bacon wow. cheeseburger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You talk about all of the interviews you've done, you know, with books and different things. Your favorite interview you've ever done? Um, This one. Yeah. <laughs> Not counting the Black Swarm podcast? Right. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, let me think real quick. Um trying to think going back going back going back um that's tough 
Because I've interviewed so many people. I'm trying to think. That's hard. I can't think of it because I've just, I've, I've interviewed so many people. I mean, Kobe. Um, oh, you know who? I know. I know. Joe Torre. Really? Absolutely. I covered the Indians during the World Series and during that stretch, 96, mm-hmm. 97, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. And Joe Torre was... He was an awesome guy because, like, I'd be in the in the Yankee dugout, be in the Yankee dugout, and all the you know all the New York media is trying to talk to him, and he would see me in the back wanting to ask a question, and then the the um, sports information guy or the media guy would be like, okay, we're done, we're done, and Joe Torre would be like, hey, you know what? Did you have a question? Come up here. Hey guys, let him stay here, and I'll never forget forget that Joe Torre was. And so during those series, he would always see me when you know they'd be at the podium and they'd have like the American League Series banner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd be like uh, uh, Joe, and he'd be like David. You know what? And, and like for year for like the next two or three years, he would always we would always have a connection. He was he was like a dad. That's awesome. Yeah, Joe Torre was like a dad. He was an awesome guy. Coming down the home stretch, so we'll get you soon here. Yeah. Don't uh, don't bitch too much right. there, Mrs. Morgan. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, kind of in that same vein. Your favorite, like, personal connection, friendship, whatever you've made through all this? Hmm. Let me think. Maybe, like, they didn't get the best interviews, but they were always, you know, good, just kind of off the record bullshitting, anything like that. Oh, man. That's hard. God, that's hard. Um, Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Somebody who was, like, maybe not the greatest interview. Oh, John Lucas. Okay. He was the Cavs coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy that um, he took these young guys. This was the year before LeBron came. So, because that's how they got the number one pick because they were so bad that. But John Lucas was a great guy because um, he, he had played in the league, he had some substance abuse in the league. Mm-hmm. Got a chance to coach, and I think all of that humbled him to the point where, like, you know, he, whenever I had to interview him or talk to him, he was just always like a down to earth, easy kind of guy to talk to. Anytime you see him in the hallway, he'd say, "Hey, how you doing? How, how's your?" Because one day I had to bring my daughter to practice because I couldn't get a um, daycare, and he was just like, "Hey, how was your daughter? How's your daughter? Did your daughter like practice?" So that whole season, he was always asking about my daughter, and I thought that was cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, one last one for me. Favorite sporting event you've ever been a part of or attended? Um, let me think. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the McKinley game. This year? Probably one of the best, yeah. I never experienced that. So that was your first McKinley game? Never experienced being a coach and being in a locker room after a, a Maslin team beat Kent McKinley. Yeah. It's, to see the emotion and guys crying and knowing how important it was. To, I mean, I mean, I've covered a lot of things, but it didn't really, like I covered the World Series. I covered, um, you know, the Browns. But none of that mattered to me. I mean, because I was a professional journalist. Mm. We didn't win anything in high school. I mean, we lost in the district championship to Mooney, to Bo Pelini. So... I'd never won anything that mattered like that game mattered. And really, I mean, I've you know, 
won championships as a pee wee, you know, in little league, but never <laughs> yeah. won anything. Ne- but never never won anything like that. That's probably that was the best. That was the best, most special win I've ever been a part of. I mean, no lie, honestly, just to hug guys like T Keys and and Ethan Tobin and 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 Aiden who. I coached in baseball and had as a student. I mean, could you imagine if we didn't win that game? I mean, that would have been horrible. I mean, like I would have never experienced it. Mm-hmm. I would have never experienced what it was like to go downtown. I'd never experienced. I thought we were going home. They passed. <laughs> they passed Richville Road. Yeah. I was like, where are we going? They're like, we're going downtown. I'm like, we're going down for what? <laughs> it was incredible. We turned the corner at Third Street in Tremont, mm-hmm. and I saw all those people down there. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Yeah, this is ridiculous. It's it's something else, man. Never, yeah, it was incredible. I remember uh, my senior year, twenty twelve, when we beat McKinley. That was the first time we beat him since uh, oh, uh, yeah. two thousand eight regular season. Yeah, and everybody storms the field, and yeah. it was just it. You don't have words, yeah. You know, for that moment, and I'm sure you're you've written books. You were in journalism for years. English teacher now. Do you really have words for that for that feeling? No, you you know, I took notes all all year long. I've, I I write every I write toward like at the end of the week, like like maybe Sunday. I I write because I want to remember what that week was like, what we did um, against Firestone week, the practices leading up to it, stuff that was said in the locker room, in the earphones, you know, all that stuff. Um. I wrote some things about the McKinley game, and I wish I had my notebook to kind of just because I wanted to kind of document it in real time what was happening, what I was thinking at certain moments. But um, it was just something. I mean, you think about somebody like me who who was a writer and 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 had a different whole career now is teaching, and then got a chance to coach, and then got a chance to beat McKinley, and got a chance to do it at Tom Benson Field, and got a chance to to experience downtown and all of that. I mean, it's – and who gets a chance to say that I'm in the fraternity of being a Maslin coach? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just incredible. Got a little heavy there in our rapid fire. <laughs> Normally a little lighthearted question <laughs> segment there, but I, I always love getting into that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Just kind of bringing it around down our home stretch. Cody, you said you're out, right? I'm out. I got three real quick. Number one. Yes. Going into Hoban. What's the song that you play for the team to get them real pumped up, ready, like, say, right before they walk out that tunnel? What would be the song you play for them to get them ready to go? Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> I'm going to knock you out. All right. Love it. LL. Love it. Second question. And this is our big question last year. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Why? This is where we always get them. <laughs> it's not a sandwich. It's like the step. It's it's not a sandwich. It's a snack. It's a, it's a snack. It's a it's a. Okay. It's not a sandwich. It's it's a. It's a it's not a sandwich. All right. Be, be, it, be, it's it's not a sandwich because of the meat. Because of the meat. Yes. Because. 
It's a hot dog. So just because it's cow anus and hoof yes. and chicken beak, that doesn't mean it's not a sandwich? <laughs> yes, correct. Fair enough. You're an English major struggling for words there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like hot dogs. No, no, I'm just dying on the hill that a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> That's all. All right. You want it to be a sandwich. It, it is a sandwich. I don't want anything. I know it is a sandwich. <laughs> all right. Very last question here before we get you out of here. Is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Is it a? I mean, it's it's a dough, you know. It's it's two layers of dough with a filling. It inside. could be considered a pastry type ravioli. You know what? You're on the right track here. I'll take that. That is the closest we have ever gotten to a yes. And I've kind of like also found myself on the hill that it is a ravioli yeah. just to like contradict whatever the guest says. That <laughs> <laughs> is. But, and look at the packaging. That square box, I mean, yeah. fits right into the toaster. I mean, I mean, it's it's they marketed that well. Made to be cooked. Yes. Yeah. There yes. we go. See? There we go. So, vaguely rav- pop tart is vaguely ravioli. Yes, I would. I'm down with that more than a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> okay, All right, I'm good with that. I'll take it. I guess um, with that, uh, I got nothing left. Cody, you good? I'm good. Go Tigers. Beat Hoban. Beat Hoban. T.I.G., baby. Let's go. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ed Okuja with a triumphant comeback. More But tonight... Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Put suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Yeah,